Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, May 16th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. A lot to get into. First thing I'm going to do is retweet the show here. Um, but um, yeah, a tremendous amount to get into today. We are going to start off with breakout players on both sides of the ball for the Buckeyes this fall. I appreciate all the questions you guys gave me on Twitter. I got a nice list here. Um, breakout players on both sides of the ball. So let's start with the offense. I mean, for me, I mean, I know I'm not breaking news here, but Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mekhek Buka. I mean, it's to me, it's those guys are the clear two and three wide receivers in whatever order. And um, nothing against Julian Fleming. I think, you know, he's going to play a lot for a, a number four. Um, whereas last year, they really just used the top three. I think they're going to have not a deep rotation. I don't think they're going to play like six like they did, you know, a few years ago. But um, I think those top four are going to play a lot. But the top, you know, the top three to me are set, obviously, with Jackson, uh, Smith and Jigba as the number one, as we all know. And then, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buke are going to have huge years. So um, can't wait to see what those guys can do. And, um, you know, I mean, you see what they're doing in the weight room right now. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. looks like a monster. Emeka Buka is so explosive. I also think he might be, you know, the best return man Ohio State's had in a while. I mean, they haven't had a kickoff or punt return for a touchdown um, in a good minute. Maybe that'll change this year. We shall see. But breakout players on offense – Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buka. And then I'm curious to see about tight end. Um, you know, I think two guys to really keep an eye on there, a, a couple of third-year sophomores, Joe Royer and G. Scott Jr. And I'm not saying they're going to come in and catch 30 passes every year. We kind of joke about, is this year in Ohio State going to be the year in Ohio State tight end catches 30 balls uh, for the first time since um, Ben Hartsock back in 2003? Ben Hartsock had 33 catches in 2003. A Buckeye has not had tight end, has not reached 30 receptions since then. We all thought, including Ryan Day, who joked about it at Media Day last year, that Jeremy Ruckert would get there. He had 26 total in 13 games. So I'm not saying Joe Royer or G. Scott's going to have a bunch of catches, but um, one of those guys, one of those guys is, is going to have a huge role on the team this year, meaning a lot of snaps and maybe both. And by the way, speaking of G. Scott, you guys haven't seen it yet. Um, Get on his Twitter feed, his YouTube page, or if you can't find that, get, just get on my Twitter feed um, and watch the video that he posted yesterday. I mean, it's probably going to go viral. It's him befriending a homeless man and, and helping him out in Columbus. And I won't say anything more other than it's fantastic and you have to watch it after this show, of course. Uh, but make sure you watch G. Scott uh, Jr.'s awesome video. Um, again, it's on his YouTube page. It's on his Twitter feed. And again, it's on my Twitter feed as well. I retweeted it. It is much watched, 
must-watch material. So um, great stuff from G. Scott that he's becoming like a YouTube star. I love that. And I wish I could say more. I almost said more, but I'm not going to say more. I almost said more, but uh, I'm not going to say more. Um, but, yeah, um, let's see. We got some more. Uh, good morning, Buckeye family. There we go. Um, yeah, let's go, G. All right, let's get into some other stuff. So I went over the pro uh, my projected breakout players on offense. Let's, let's look at defense. Again, to me, this one's pretty easy. The two main ones are JT Tuimoloal and Jack Sawyer. I think you can expect huge things out of them. And I'll, I'll get into more of that in a, in a minute. That was another question about them specifically that was posed to me um, that I'll get into. But, I mean, you know, I mean, JT and, and Jack are going to have – I mean, they they were good as true freshmen last year now with a, that year under their belt, a full year in the weight room. And, and JT just got here last year at the end of July. Um, you know, Jack's been here longer than that. But now Jack is jacked up, you know. I guess pun intended. It really was no pun intended, but you know, Jack is jacked up and he's going to play the Jack position and play some traditional defensive end. When I asked Jim Knowles, what do you expect from Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolo Al this year? He said everything and he went into more detail, but the first word out of his mouth was, I expect everything out of those guys. So we've seen it time and time again, where guys can be really good as true freshmen, five-star guys, and then they make that huge jump as a sophomore. For Chase Young, it was his junior year, so you never know. Maybe it'll be their junior year, but I'm expecting huge things out of those guys. Um, and then some other guys, you know, I think Caden Curry's a guy we're probably not talking enough about. He's not going to start, but he's going to play a lot at, at defensive end. He's going to be Jack Sawyer's backup at, the, you know, that Jack position, that Leo, which I'm sure most of you guys know is a hybrid um, outside linebacker defensive end, kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, where you move them around and um, they can rush the passer. They have to be good against the run, but they also can have to be athletic enough to drop in coverage, you know, cover a, a tight end in coverage, maybe even a wide receiver, running backs, obviously, out of the backfield. So um, Jack Sawyer is going to uh, be the main guy there when they use the Jack. And and that will allow then, you know, JT Tuimolo out and uh, Zach Harrison to be on the field together at times. Um, Knowles is going to mix things up. But I think Caden Curry is going to be the backup there at, at the Jack position. And uh, we'll play a decent amount as a true freshman, um, especially now with Mitchell Melton out for the season. Bad news for Mitchell Melton, but that will, um, you know, allow Caden Curry to play more, in my opinion. And the other guy I'll mention that I jotted down here, you know, there's two more. There's two more, actually. But Jordan Hancock is a guy at corner that's going to play a ton. You know, obviously the, the two starters are back with uh, Cam Brown and um, Denzel Burke. Um, but Jordan Hancock's going to play a ton. Um, I think they, they'll kind of rotate those three guys and, you know, there'll be times they need, you know, um, not just three safeties on the field, but they'll go some dime looks, you know, in extreme passing situations and against teams that like to throw the ball a lot. Jordan Hancock, when they go dime, will be that third corner out there. Um, love what he was doing this spring. Um, his teammates talk him up. His coaches talk him up. So, and that's another guy, you know, played as a true freshman last year. Didn't see him as much as Jack Sawyer and, and JT Tumilo Al, but still played a lot, you know, relatively speaking for a true freshman. Didn't redshirt. You know, some guys played, but still played under four games and were able to redshirt. Um, Jordan Hancock is going to be a guy to watch there. I think, you know, J.K. Johnson as well, you know, will be that number four corner. So he's a, he's a guy that, you know, is another breakout candidate. But I'll say Jordan Hancock is definitely you know, of the corners, the biggest breakout candidate. Um, 
you know, Denzel Burke is not a candidate to be a breakout candidate because he had his breakout year last year. That doesn't mean he can't get better. We expect better things out of Denzel Burke, um, which is saying a lot because he had a tremendous freshman year. But when you're talking about breakout players, it's um, guys that haven't had their breakout season yet. So Jordan Hancock is my guy with the cornerback position. And then when you look at safety, Kai Stokes. Kai Stokes, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but he's going to back up Ronnie Hickman at that adjuster. So love Kai Stokes there. Um, and Jim Knowles, another guy Jim Knowles was talking up was Kai Stokes. So, so yeah, what are reasonable expectations for Tui Moloal and Sawyer? Yeah, again, I think sky high. I think, you know, when you have Jim Knowles coming out there saying he expects everything out of them, you know, they're, I think they're going to be the starters. And really, it's a lot like corner. The top three, it really doesn't matter. They're all going to play starter snaps. If Zach Harrison's a starter and, you know, Tuimo allows a starter and Sawyer maybe doesn't see the field on the first play or maybe they go with him at, you know, they start with the Jack and, and two traditional DNs. Who knows? But the point is all three of those guys, uh, JT, Zach Harrison, and, and Jack Sawyer are going to play a ton and they'll rotate. And I tend to think Tuimo allow and Sawyer will be the top two guys when we look at production. But I also think Zach Harrison is going to have a good senior year. I really do. So what to expect out of JTT and uh, – and Jack Sawyer, uh, expect the world out of them. Expect the world out of them. I mean, those guys, it's really cool thinking about that top three at defensive end. All, all guys that were, you know, high five-star recruits, you know, and uh, just in the case of JT Tumiloao, the number one player in the country. So uh, expect big things out of them. All right. Jim Knowles has been asked, you know, there's been talk about what's his contract status. Does he have the two-year gentleman's agreement like Urban used to have where it'd stay for at least two years, you know? Well, the thing with Jim Knowles, he actually has a three-year contract. Now, does that mean if some team comes at him and throws $5 million at him and wants him, them to be his head coach that he's not free to leave? No, I think he's free to leave. It's not like a binding contract. You know, you guys know how contracts are um, with football coaches. There's probably a buyout. I don't, I'm not privy to all the details, but it's a three-year contract, $1.9 million per season. So that's the highest paid assistant coach in Ohio State history. By a wide margin, Kerry Combs was getting, I believe, $1.4 million uh, on a two-year deal. And Knowles, $1.9 million on a three-year deal. Plus, he got a, a million-dollar signing bonus. Um, so, and by the way, I think he's worth every penny. I think it was a home run hire. Proof will be in the pudding. So, um, that's the contract status. Three years, $1.9 million. Now, again, could a, a, a team come after him to be their head coach? Yes, they could. I tend to think, and maybe this is wishful thinking, because you guys know I'm a Jim Knowles stan, love him, love sitting down and, talk, and talking with him. We got to talk with him the previous Friday for like 45 minutes. It was just a wealth of knowledge coming out of his mouth. And um, I, I'm just so impressed what he did at Oklahoma State, building that defense from one of the worst in the country when he got there to one of the best last year, his, his last year there. You know, a team that's known for all offense, no defense. He turns them into the number three total defense in the country. And I think right away he's going to turn around Ohio State. As you guys know, if you've been listening to this show, um, you know that I think he's going to turn this defense around right away. Not that they're going to be elite right away, although none of us would have a problem with that if that occurred. But I think he's going to turn them into a good defense right away. They're going to be good right away, just like what we saw with Jeff Halfley in 2019. Again, not to that level, though, because I think the talent on that 2019 defense was better and older. Um, this defense could be elite next season, and maybe it could be this year. I think it definitely will be next year when guys like Tui Milloow and Sawyer and those guys are in their junior year. 
um, you know, Denzel Burke, Jordan, all those guys are going to be like in their junior year. You'll still have guys like Tommy Eichenberg around um, who they're super high on. Something the, the light clicked for Tommy at, in the Rose Bowl, probably during bowl prep. I mean, he looked like a different player. And then they said during spring, I mean, Knowles loves him. Um, and for those that are wondering about like Kai Stokes being a starter, I mean, maybe that could happen. But the thing is, when, when Jim Knowles talked about Ronnie Hickman, he said, quote, Ronnie Hickman has everything I want in a safety. I love him. So there you go. Um, Ronnie Hickman will be a starter. So, you know, Knowles loves, you know, Proctor and uh, Court Williams at the Bandit. He loves, you know, McAllister, obviously, Tanner McAllister, who followed him from Oklahoma State. You know, they like Cam Martinez as the backup there at the slot. Um, Kai Stokes is going to play a lot, but um, I don't think he's going to start unless Hickman gets hurt because right there it says it all, you know. Jim Knowles, what do you think of Ronnie Hickman? I love him. He has everything I want in a safety. So probably going to play a lot. But what's his contract status? There you go. Three years, $1.9 million. I think he's going to stay at Ohio State for a long time. You know, maybe it's wishful thinking to think he's going to stay here till he retires. But I don't think he wants to be – and this is – I need to ask him this question. Um, and he's not going to like this question because coaches are focused. Even if they know what they think, they're going to say, I'm focused on the job now. I've asked this question so many times. I remember back in the day I'd asked Daryl Hazel, who ended up being a head coach at Kent State and Purdue. And I said, is your goal to be a head coach one day? And he's like, I'm focused on the job I'm doing now. And I've gotten that – you know, answer many times. Some coaches will be honest with you and say, yeah, of course, that's the ultimate goal. I believe Tony Alford has said that, but I'm not, I, you know, don't quote me on that. But, you know, some coaches will be honest. Like, yeah, that's the ultimate goal, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing now and focused on that. I do need to ask the question, though. But I do think Knowles, you know, he was the head coach at his alma mater, one double A Cornell. Um, he, you know, back in the day and, uh, you know, had a, you know, didn't didn't do all that well. wasn't a disaster, um, but didn't do all that well as head coach. I just feel like he likes being that mad scientist, likes just being the D coordinator, the head coach of the defense. We'll see. That's my take on that. All right. When will the new field turf be installed at Ohio Stadium? That was the question that was posed to me. I'll throw in the whack as well because they're redoing both right now. Right now, they'll be done, I imagine, sometime in June. They'll be finished so they can make sure there's no – um, you know, discrepancies or anything they need to fix before the season starts. You know, when we had the meeting with um, all the coaches the previous Friday, we actually did it in the players' lounge, which um, I've only been in there like once before doing that. Um, the reason we were doing it in the players' lounge, where they eat, you know, where they hang out there, the second level of the WAC, overlooking the indoor field of the WAC. Um, by the way, they, I mean, my gosh, those guys, as you guys can imagine, are treated well with the food in there. I mean, they have like a grill where they have like ready made. You can get like made to order stuff. They've got all kinds of stuff, obviously buffet style food, you know, chili, everything that you can imagine. They've got a panini bar. They've got, you know, chili. Like it's fantastic. Smoothies, everything, you know, salad bar, obviously, wraps, everything. Um, you, you know, at the grill, you can get burgers, bacon, grilled chicken, fried chicken, fries, um, so it's, it was fantastic. And they did let us eat, but we were up there and we could oversee the, uh, indoor field at the WAC. They completely stripped it because that, that had, it was old too, the field turf at the WAC. So they're redoing both right now. So I think, um, sometime in June, probably mid June, if I had to guess, both will be done. Um, that way it gives them a little bit of time if they need to correct any, anything that needs uh, fixed before the season starts. But, um, yeah, new field turf at the horseshoe. New field turf inside the WAC as well, so that's good. Hopefully that'll prevent, um, you know, 
injuries, you know, cut down on that a little bit. Guys just slipping and having, you know, away from the ball, non-contact injuries. Um, it was overdue. We saw guys. It was a mess last year at the horseshoe. A little bit embarrassing, in fact. Let me translate that. Or let me let me let me um, <laughs> let me uh, re- let me uh, put that another way is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it was a mess. It wasn't kind of a mess. Um, it was. Yeah, that needed rephrased. It, it just was a mess, not kind of a mess at the horseshoe last year. So um, look for that. And man, what a good way to start off the season. Right. Notre Dame coming to the horseshoe. Um, can't wait for that. I'm looking more forward to the final home game of the year, if you know what I mean. We're just going to say, you know, just not even say much, but that, you know, they know it's coming to them final Saturday in in, uh, November. They know it's coming. We know it's coming. We don't even need to say anything. It's it's happening. All right. Pass protection for Stroud this year. We had a question about this, you know, because last year, you know, the offensive line got some uh, ridicule, you know, having tackles play guards and this and that and they weren't good in short yardage situations. And that's, <laughs> those are fair criticisms. I, I was one of them that made those criticisms. Um, I think, you know, Ryan day would agree with that, but I think something that gets lost in the shuffle was they were excellent in pass protection. CJ Stroud had a clean pocket almost all of the time, not in the Michigan game. Again, let's not talk about that, but um, almost all that. I mean, pass pro overall, I mean, they rated really high there. They did. And the question was, okay, good having guards at guards and you know they should be better in the run game Justin Fry is going to coach them up but are they going to be as good in pass pro I think they will be you know just because you now have actually guards playing guards I I don't think that um they're going to take a step back in pass protection I'm very high on Donovan Jackson as a first year starter I mean he's another guy you know going from freshman to sophomore is going to take a big jump played as a true freshman as a backup when they used that jumbo set they'd bring him in kind of as a whatever you want to call it a second tight end or a third offensive tackle. It's basically the same thing um, out there wearing that number 41. <laughs> look, look, looking uh, looking a little bigger than Keith Byers in that 41. But Donovan Jackson, man, they, they love him. Five-star kid out of Texas. He's going to be really good as a left guard this year. And I think Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be really good as a junior at left tackle. I know some people – you know, overreacted during the spring game, in my opinion, overreacted when, you know, he gave up a couple of pressures and some sacks. But, man, you know, it was the spring game. He's going up against studs like Sawyer and JT, Tuimo Loal. I think Paris Johnson will be more than fine um, and probably better than that as a second-year starter now, but now at his natural position at left tackle. But I love Donovan Jackson at left guard. And I like Matt Jones at right guard. Um, You know, he's proven. I mean, the last two years he's played – a lot started some games played a lot kind of as that sixth man last year sixth or seventh man however you want to look at it with him and donovan jackson matt jones played more snaps than donovan jackson did so you have to look at matt jones as the sixth man and again he started a lot too so um so there you go i think you know donovan jackson and matt jones i think the pass protection is going to be really good this year so um yeah so so there you go all right let's get to some of your questions here um Let's see. Who do I think is going to lead the secondary and interceptions this season? I will go with Denzel Burke. That's the first one that came into my mind. Um, Yeah, I'll go with Denzel Burke to lead the team in interceptions this year. Um, Would I say the four best defensive linemen are Sawyer, Tumelo Al, Tyleek Williams, and Mike Hall? 
Really close, you know, really, really, really close. Certainly Tui Malolau and Sawyer, yes. Tyleek Williams, yes. Those are definitely the top three. And then for fourth, they like Mike Hall a lot. And he had – he really came on in the spring, little undersized. But, man, he's quick and strong. And, you know, we've seen time and time again, I mean, he could have like some – he has some Geno Atkins to his game. For those who remember Geno Atkins, those that remember, I mean, Geno Atkins is – now one year out of the league. Of course, you remember Geno Atkins from the Bengals. And, and Mike Hall's bigger than him. I'm not saying he's going to be Geno Atkins, but yeah. And I think then you look at some of the other guys, you know, Teron Vincent's right in there, I think. Teron Vincent. Um, I think he's another guy that we could say is right in there. Um, and then um, Jerron Cage, you know, and, and, and Zach Harrison. You know, I really like their top seven or so there um you know Jerron Cage is a guy that he's gonna he's gonna play a lot again Zach Harrison that top three but yeah I think you can make the argument that Mike Hall is is you know at least in the discussion to be the fourth best to me the top three pretty clear there with uh, JTT I know it's not technically JTT but we all know who I'm talking about with Tui Molo uh, Jack Sawyer and Tyleek Williams to me that's the top three so yeah um Will the run other than running plays behind stretch zone? Will they run other running plays behind the stretch zones, especially on third and short? They do love that stretch zone. I do think that Ryan Day and is going to um, defer a little bit to his guy Justin Fry. He trusts him. They're you know they go way back. He brought him here for a reason. Justin Fry had a good gig, my friends. He wasn't just the O line coach at UCLA. You know he was the offensive coordinator too. Um, but he's a Big Ten guy. Midwest guy, his you know he's from Indiana, played at Indiana. His wife uh, is from Ohio. Mentor, they met at Indiana. She was, I believe, a swimmer at Indiana, and her parents still live in, in Mentor, Ohio. So a lot of connections there, not just to Ryan Day, but to the Midwest, to even to the state of Ohio itself, to the Big Ten since he played at Indiana. I think Justin Fry is going to do a really good job and is going to mix things up more. Again, though, it's easy. For me to say things like this, I say Jim Knowles, home run higher, right? You know, he's going to fix the defense. I think Justin Fry is going to, you know, fix the short yardage running game. And um, But proof will be in the pudding. We'll find out. Call me a crazy bucknut, but will C.J. Hicks see the way on the field from the start? He'll see his way on the field, but he's not going to start because they have – they only start two linebackers. And when they do start three – with that Sam, it's going to be Reed Carrico is that, you know, that Sam and EA Natiote probably backing him up. Although I'm, you know, CJ Hicks can probably play all three linebacker spots if he needed to. They're very high on him and and he was getting some first team reps during spring. So he'll play, but I think Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are going to be the starters in my opinion. So um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, CJ Hicks will play, but Eichenberg Chambers to me are going to be the starters. Um, Cody Simon's a guy I think we all kind of sleep on. He he was banged up last year, though, um, everyone. He was banged up. Cody Simon played through a bunch of injuries last year and tough guy from Jersey. I think um, he's a guy that, you know, I don't think he's going to start, but it's going to play a decent amount. They have some other guys they like there. Again, I think Reed Carrico is going to play a decent amount. Um, I'm, I know I'm leaving guys out, but, um, yeah, C.J. Hicks will play. As a, he's one red shirt, I'll tell you that, but uh, I, I don't know how much, but they'll, they'll find a way to get him in there. Yeah, we have a comment here. Don't sleep on Cam Brown. Definitely don't sleep on Cam Brown. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. They tested recently. I don't know if Cam Brown was part of that. And uh, the fastest guy on defense was J.K. Johnson. 
uh, fellow corner. Um, again, I, you know, Cam Brown, returning starter, going to be a starter this year. Um, Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, and I think J.K. Johnson will play um, rounding out that too deep. And if you need a fifth corner to look at, Jair Brown is the guy that I would keep an eye on. True freshman, Jair Brown. I like his game. Kai Stokes is a guy that um, at safety that I think everybody rightfully so loves. So um, got a question, a couple of questions about the offensive line. Um, one has said the only issue is depth. Another one, I think a lot of us are worried about the offensive line still, even with the new staff. Yeah, again, um, Lynn's Breezy OH. Um, I like that name, Lynn's Breezy. Um, yeah, I, I again, the proof will be in the pudding. It's easy for me to sit here and tell you they're going to be fine. I like the starters. You know, I, I think they actually have better depth than people think. I did a little, like, I wrote down a little list. I'm talking about, I did them in order. So we know the starters. And then if they get Josh Fryer back healthy, which they say they're going to, he'll be the sixth guy. I'm going in order on the backup. So Jack or Josh Fryer, the sixth guy. And then Enoch Vamahi, um, he's your second best backup. That's pretty good. I think as a fourth year junior, he could, you know, he had a rough year last year, you know, with stuff off the field. His father passed away and, you know, he really took it hard, as it's easy to imagine. Young guy like that, uh, all you know, this far away from home, loses his father. It was tough on him. Um, and it's still tough on him, they were saying. You know, Justin Fry talked about it. Still, it's not like he's over it yet. It's, it's only been like six months. But I still think Enoch Vamahi can add solid depth as fourth-year junior. And, again, Josh Fryer, if he's healthy, he's going to be a, a good backup there as that main – you know, they can play guard, tackle. Vamahi can play guard, can play tackle, but – he played him at both guard spots this spring, stayed healthy. I think now he's going to get stronger in the offseason. He's still a little undersized. Um, so there's your top two. And Jacob James is a guy, is a third-year uh, sophomore that they um, that they liked, that they thought came on in the spring. Um, Second-team center, can also play guard. So he's going to be that eighth guy. And then we'll see from there. But those are your top three. Um, other guys in the mix like Zen Mahalski, Ben Chrisman, um, they have other guys in the mix there. You know, they got Tegra coming in. So we'll see what happens. Trey LaRue. Some guys got banged up during spring. Um, LaRue is one of those guys. and some other guys that uh, can add depth. So we'll see what happens. But I think that, um, you know, I, I definitely think that – I don't definitely think. But my prediction is the offensive line is going to be much better this year as far as, you know, short yardage running game. And they're still going to be really good with – the uh in pass pro but again easy for me to say that right now in may right um but justin fry i have a really good feeling from him he's another guy when you sit down and talk with him a lot like Knowles, you sit down and you're like yeah this guy gets it like you just get a good feeling like he he just you know and and ryan day handpicked him for a reason because stadrola was not a disaster by any means um but he just wasn't getting the job done to the level they needed it plus he had back surgery, and I think that really limited his ability to recruit. It was hard for him to get around both in long car rides and plane rides. And as you guys all know, recruiting is all about um, long plane rides and long car rides. So um, a couple of different things there were stud. I mean, I think, you know, he wasn't quite getting the job done. Um, and I, you know, I almost hate to say that because I like the guy personally. He was a lot of fun to talk to, but I don't, I don't think he was quite getting the job done. And I think, you know, unfortunately, he got ran into at the sideline against Minnesota uh, in the opener last year, fell down, didn't think anything of it, woke up the next morning, couldn't move. So he needed back surgery and, um, you know, back surgery is nothing that you want to get. Um, 
So um, really limited his ability to recruit. But I have a really good feeling about Justin Fry. Um, I think Ryan Day knocked that one out of the park too. Again, easy for me to say that. We'll find out. It won't take them long to find out. That's another thing I love about playing Notre Dame in the opener. Um, first of all, I think Ohio State has the better roster, the better coaching staff, and they're playing at home. I think they're going to take care of business. Uh, but I also like that it's a good test. I mean, say what we want about Notre Dame. They're a good team. I think Ohio State's the better team, but Notre Dame's a good team. Um, they've got a lot of talented players on that roster that are going to play in the NFL. Um, and, uh, and we'll see about Marcus Freeman. The jury is out on him as a head coach. He's kicking ass as a recruiter, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so we'll see about him as a head coach. They they like the honeymoon is on in, in South Bend. That, that can end in a hurry or it can, man, if they upset Ohio State, that the honeymoon is going to be in full effect. But um, I tend to think that's going to be tough sledding for Notre Dame. Big time. But, um, yeah, so there you go. I think um, we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I appreciate um, all of the qu- – let's get to one more here. Can we expect the defense to be top 20? Final question on the show. Going about 30 minutes here, about a half hour. I meant to go about 20. I love how we uh, – we when we launched the show back in 2013 um, – Proud to say we were the first Ohio State football podcast. I'm proud to say that. And when we launched the show, the idea literally was to be in and out in five minutes because we were like the the attention span of y'all is about five minutes. And it was hard doing that. So, you know, we'd go like six minutes, seven minutes. And, you know, our boss at the time would be like, you know, the great Lee Shear, Mr. Bucknuts uh, would tell us, guys, five minutes, morning five, take five, you know, get in and out in five minutes. And his theory was, you know, I'd see um, he'd see a video posted online. And if it was five minutes or less, he might watch it. If it was more than that, he wouldn't. And he's like, if I'm doing that, I know like the younger generation's doing that. So but here's what happened. So we would do six minute, seven minute shows. The only time we would get any feedback on the time of the show would be, why don't you guys go longer? Okay, we never got like, well, how come you guys can't do it just for four minutes or five minutes like you're supposed to? Um, It was always, why can't you go longer? So then we started doing it for like 10 minutes then like 15 minutes. Now with the uh, video show, we're doing it usually 20 minutes or more. And here I am going about 30 minutes. Okay, I'm long winded as I am want to do. But there you go. A little background of the show. We initially uh, intended it to be five minute, a five minute show. Hence the name Bucknuts Morning Five. Now that's why now it's the five ish. Or the Bucknuts morning half hour, whatever. We're going to stick with the with the name since we've had it for almost a decade now. And it's kind of a name brand. Not really. It's not really a name brand, but we like to think it is. All right, final question. Can we expect the defense to be top 20 this year? Okay, I. you can hope for that. Because if that happens, the offense is going to be elite. It's going to be the best offense in college football again, in my opinion. Will it be number one in, you know, Total offense, statistically, who knows? There could be like a team that's, you know, in a lower level, um, you know, lower conference group of five that, you know, beats them out for for total offense. Who knows? Last year, Ohio State was the number one total offense and number one scoring offense. And I think they will be again. I'm going to go top 30, though, is what you can expect. But if they are top 20, oh, my gosh, because that to me would equal a national championship. I think top 30 would equal a national championship because the schedule is tougher this year than what it was last year. And last year, they were 59th in the country in total defense. And that was misleading because, again, their schedule wasn't tough. I mean, teams like, 
you know, that weren't even that good. That We thought Oregon was good. They ended up being an, a mediocre team. They could do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted it. Most predictable defense we've ever seen. Michigan was a good defense last year. They weren't that good of an offense. They could do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted it. They just ran the ball down Ohio State's throat, and they threw the ball decently well in that game too. Um, embarrassingly bad. Utah was not a good offensive team. They could do whatever they wanted. Thankfully, Ohio State's offense could do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, especially in the second half. I should say Utah's offense couldn't do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted in the second half. Buckeyes buckled down there in the second half against Utah. Um, thank God. I don't know how that happened with that terrible scheme last year. At least Matt Barnes put together whatever he did at halftime. At least he, you know, went out, you know, with the win there and buckled down in the second half. But Ohio State just outscored them. So, again, long-winded. Um, but I think we can expect top 30, at least top 40. But I think top 30, I, I really think this defense is is more talented maybe some people are giving it credit for. Now they're a year older. They were so young. That was the youngest Ohio State defense that I can remember. And the veterans last year didn't have that good of years. They didn't. I mean, you know, guys that I was expecting a lot out of, you know, guys like Haskell Garrett, you know, you guys like Tyreek Smith. I don't want to trash those guys. I'm just being real. You know, guys like Antoine Jackson, they just didn't have good years. They just didn't. Um, and other guys, you know, Seven Banks, the mystery of Seven Banks last year. Um, you know, the veteran linebackers just, you know, um, the veterans just weren't good last year on defense. And the draft proves that. They had one guy drafted. And it was in the fifth round, Tyreek Smith. When does that happen at Ohio State? So they had a bunch of young guys play and a bunch of talented young guys who now are going to be a year older. I expect a lot out of this defense, but I'll go top 30, not top 20. How about that? Let's just hope it's top 20. So if, it, if, it, if it does, you can just cash in a national championship right now if they have a top 20 defense to go with this lead offense. I think they'll be national champs if they're top 30. All right. Thanks to everybody. Sorry I didn't get to all the questions. Um, and uh, but I appreciate you guys a lot. Um, love that you guys tune into the show. If you like the show, like, subscribe, uh, give us a five star review, depending on what platform you are watching or listening on. Uh, again, appreciate you guys so much. Thank you very much. Hope all of you have a great day. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.